Um, okay, so just think about what we've been through and where we are right now. I mean, it, it, it's, it's crazy what we've been dealing with as a, as a global population over the last few years. I mean, you've got the pandemic, of course, you know, a once-in-a-hundred-year situation that nobody saw coming. you got the war in Europe. That hasn't happened in, well, almost 100 years. Um, record high fuel prices. That's triggering inflation that we haven't seen in, in decades, some 40 years in this country. Uh, that's triggering interest rate hikes. I mean, it, it's a scene. There's a lot going on out there right now. Um, get ready. Sounds like there may be more to come. We're going to have a chat now with Philip Cross. Philip is a Monk Senior Fellow at McDonald Laurier Institute. Prior to joining them, he spent 36 years at Stats Canada, specializing in macroeconomics. Uh, Philip, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So uh, there was a survey done recently by the group um, Finder uh, talking to economic, uh, economists across the country about the possibility of a recession. It sounds like the majority think that we are well on our way to a recession. I mean, not immediately, but fairly soon, right? Yeah, unfortunately, that's what history suggests, that, uh, you know, obviously inflation is at intolerably high levels yeah. now. And, uh, you know, the hope is that central banks will be engineer- will be able to engineer what's called a soft landing, where they raise interest rates just enough to slow the economy, but not enough to push it in recession. Unfortunately, the track record of central banks doing this successfully is not encouraging at all. Uh, they pulled it off maybe once or twice, notably 1994, but most of the time it requires a recession to slow down inflation, and especially when you have inflation at, at such a high rate as we're having today. Interesting. So, you, I mean, is it anything that you're seeing, or is it just based on historical, you know, taking a look at the way incredible inflation ended it was with a recession is there is there other indicators that you can point to right now and say yeah this is what happened before uh the main one is no there's nothing in the data on output and employment that says we're sliding into recession right now what you're seeing is particularly signals from the from the financial sector though from the financial system saying uh, the financial system's under a lot of stress. I mean, yeah. remember during the pandemic, we issued literally hundreds of billions of dollars of debt. So we as a nation in almost all sectors of our economy went into, went through the pandemic and acquired a great deal of debt. That leaves us very vulnerable to an increase in interest rates. And we're now seeing interest rates rise much faster than markets had anticipated. So you're seeing it's, it's not just debtors that are in trouble. There's all kinds of people in the financial sector who operated, who made bets, assuming the interest rates would stay low. Historically, whenever you get a big move in interest rates, like we've seen so far this year, almost invariably, not only do you have an economic recession, but you have some type of blow-up in the financial system. Um, the most obvious one, of course, would be a downturn in the stock market. But, you know, you'll get other um, things like the uh, the crash of the long-term capital management fund in 1998. You'll get a um, uh, stress in the in various mar- esoteric mar- markets like the repurchase market that happened in 2018 when the Federal Reserve Board surprised people by tightening. So that's the real problem in here is that it's not just creating stress for uh, the real economy in recession, but there's a, a likelihood that there's going to 
this is going to cause a train wreck somewhere in the financial system. Exactly where, we don't know, but we do know there's growing stress in the financial sector. Um, Is it possible to sort of put a timeline on it? I know that that seems to be, most economists agree there is a recession in our future, but pinpointing when it may or may not start seems to be a little more difficult. Um, What goes into trying to determine how quickly it'll arrive or how long it'll take? Well, partly, I mean, the wild card in this is this blow up in the financial sector, and you never know when that'll happen. Yeah. You know, people make some bets, and you don't know what's going on. That could happen anytime. But it's much more likely, you know, with a natural downturn in consumer spending and business investment. I think we know that consumers have a lot in reserve, that interest rates for the moment are actually still at quite low levels. I mean, you know, yes, they're a half, three quarters of a point higher than they were at the start of the year. But uh, historically, they're still at very low levels. Governments are still spending like crazy. I mean, here in central Canada, uh, we have the Ford and Legault governments are mailing out 500 checks to anybody with a pulse. So households still have a lot of reserves. They have a lot of savings built up in the pandemic. So they can likely absorb some shocks. They can absorb some furthering interest rate increases. Uh, the problem is that as long as households are able to absorb these shocks, inflation isn't going to come down. So uh, central banks will just keep tightening and tightening until somebody says uncle. Uh, and unfortunately, by the time that the households say uncle, you're likely to see such a sharp cutback in spending that uh, the economy could well tip into recession. But that's likely not to happen till. Uh, uh, sometime next year. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what most of the predictions are. So help me out then. I mean, if, if the recession is typically how, you know, this kind of record inflation ends, all the things that are being done now with the interest rates and everything else, are they just sort of buying us time? Did they have some role to play? I mean, why do we do it then? Why do we do which raise interest rates? Yeah, I mean, is it, does that what contributes? Like, how does that whole formula work? Because the pain from rising interest rates is very short-term, and it's concentrated in certain parts of the the economy. The pain from inflation is felt by everyone, and it distorts the economy in a a way that the economy doesn't function well for years and years. So in in a way, it's it's better to get the uh, short-term pain for long-term gain. Uh, That's why central banks do this. Makes sense. Okay. Philip, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me on. Thank Thank you. That's Philip Cross, who is a Monk Senior Fellow at McDonald laurier Institute. And uh, prior to that, he spent 36 years um, with Stats Can talking about this very subject.